0: Hmm? Ah! Huh.
1: Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Bake. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the show The Midnight Club.
0: Today we are covering the tenth and final episode titled Midnight.
1: And I'm
0: going (laughs) to apologize in advance. I don't know how well I sound, but uh, if my audio seems a little wonky or weird to anybody, I'm having some major technical issues, whether it's microphones computer i don't i don't even know what it is and at this point i don't even care i just want to get through with it so we've
1: we've had a whole trial before we even record tonight right paik is having some technical issues you're coming through fine to me but yeah it's if if things sound a little different it's just we're working through some issues and uh we couldn't we couldn't um wait to record we had to get this out um, due to schedule right. so it's a o- it's okay we're just gonna get through this this is what we do we've had worse we do we've had worse nights so mm-hmm. this is all fine yeah um don't know
0: how it's gonna sound but i'm putting it out there in advance i'm like <laughs> if it sounds like dog shit i apologize i did my best um
1: <laughs> from my end you don't sound bad at all it's fine
0: <laughs> oh good i hope i hope it works uh
1: It'll be good and everyone, me, everyone we've got a fantastic audience and everyone's really we forgiving. Do. We really do. We've struggled through some yes. audio issues before and our audience is always mm. kind enough to not say anything and <laughs> 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 just just give us the grace. We we appreciate yes. that as we get through mm-hmm. um, the issues. But it's I'm glad that we're able to get together on our last episode for the Midnight Club. Now we talked last week, I'm not gonna like go too far into the news, but in case anyone did miss it when we talked about it, or maybe missed the news that was announced, it was announced that the Midnight Club uh, was canceled to Netflix, there were plans, or at least Mike Flanagan, had intended to continue the series this was not which i thought it was because typically his other series are just like the limited one-off you know one season shows this was not intended for that he had intended to have another season netflix had canceled it for you can speculate as to the reasons why you know was it because of the deal with amazon who knows um But either way, there's there's not a a season two. So for anyone that's listening, you know we're we're obviously just going to cover this last episode or anything else that's happened in the season. I did want to give everyone a warning. We'll we'll talk um, when we get there. We'll give another warning. But I'd planned on talking a little bit about what Mike Flanagan wrote for his plans for season two. If that's okay Mm -hmm. with you, Um, we don't spend a lot of time on it, but just you know to kind of talk about what the plans were. Well,
0: actually. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm kind of on like same but opposite sides of you where I definitely talk about oh, okay. it but I was like go all the way in, into the fact that like I just like copy and pasted the like link to the Tumblr post in my notes where I was like I can't even like do as good of a job of breaking it down or trying to talk about it as much as Flanagan did. No, I'd be willing to sit there and just read the whole thing word for word if people wanted to know what's going on. If they haven't heard or checked it out, I'm cool with that, too. We could do that. Look, like, so, I don't
1: have separate notes either. I was literally just going to read over what he yeah. I don't know if I was going to really read the entire thing, but like say, OK, well, here's what he says about this part of the story or where he was going to go with that and just kind of talk about it for a minute you know we don't have to spend too much time on it or anything but you know I, f- I feel like we probably will just go ahead and talk about it you know I don't want to really have a whole separate episode or anything about it we'll just have a quick segment right. on season two here so we'll give everyone a little warning if you either haven't read it um, and you want to go read it and then listen or if you just don't care but we'll give like a little spoiler warning beforehand mm-hmm. um, before Spoilers we get there. Spoilers for something that well it just won't happen yeah Yeah. uh, it's weird it's so weird i've never been in this like i mean shows get canceled all the time but i don't think it's been anything that we've covered and i don't think it's been something that the showrunners like yeah if 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 the show doesn't move forward i'll tell you everything that i had mapped out you know and and outlined what what our intentions were so kudos to mike flanagan for not leaving us hanging you know like he came through uh with his promise because he i think he said something in october before the news even broke like before we knew anything it hadn't been announced or anything and he's like hey if, if they don't get a season two i'll tell you what happens and he did so um he's, he's a cool dude in my book for giving us that. So if you do care yeah. and want to wonder what happens to some of these characters uh, in season two, it's out there. And we'll talk about it. But for the moment, we'll focus on just the finale. So it is the finale, yeah. not just the season, but series finale um, as we know it. What did you think about the finale in general?
0: I think knowing That it was supposed to continue on and then didn't Mm -hmm. made me feel better about it. Okay. Because I definitely would have been a little more hung up on some of the cliffhangers and things we didn't get answers to. Yeah. But then knowing that there were answers to those things coming, they just didn't get a chance to do them. And then after, because immediately after my first watch, I went and read that entire Tumblr post (laughs) that we'll talk about (laughs) later. Yeah, So then on my second watch today, having all those things in mind, although I kept them out of my notes talking about the episode. I wanted to kind of keep them separate, mm-hmm. but yeah. So then it, it, it felt better on the second watch, even like knowing where things were going to, so I was like, okay, no, this feels good. Cause I'm not worried about things. And so I can really just take in what this episode is. Um, and I think they, they did a really good job on closing a lot of doors. Uh, wrapping up a lot of personal storylines a lot of things like that and uh you know not leaving us hanging on too many major things you know i think we're it is a it is a fitting ending if it has to be an ending it's like no i'm i'm good with this being a place that ends because we kind of know where everybody sits at this moment uh, y-
1: yeah i agree with you and you know even knowing going in that it was canceled and we weren't going to get it i didn't really think it left too much honestly to like I feel like it closed the door to some of the stories like I was okay with kind of where things had left off I mean there were unanswered questions obviously there were things like well what about this and well, what about that and I know we'll talk about that but honestly I was like you know I think I'm kind of okay that you know even if we hadn't got a season two that it would have been okay you know it wasn't but I can also see where there was maybe not some closure and where we needed at least a season two to kind of get some of those questions and kind of finish out the stories. But I, I didn't, I didn't mind it so much. Um, but yeah, it's kind of disappointing that we're not going to get that season two and kind of finish, finish some of the stories. So, yeah, yeah, it wasn't too bad. Um, but I, it's like, I feel like what I was seeing a lot of online was before the announcement and people were pretty unhappy, I think. not. I I don't know that I'd say the majority, but I think that there were some people like that, you know, just it didn't wrap it up, I guess, the way that they thought or um, it didn't tie up some things. I'm like, well, you were probably talking about that before you knew that there was supposed to be a season two and before you read, if you read the tumblr post so well with that being said let's go ahead and jump into our notes you know i've got a lot of short notes i'm just going to say say straight up i i feel like so much of what i have is going to be super short so i'm hoping that we just get you know have this really good conversation in general about the episode um yeah
0: a lot of mine are the same way because it's not that I didn't have enough things it's like, to talk it's about. Like it was like the opposite of, yeah, it was like the opposite <laughs> problem I've had the whole season where yeah. it was like, they only focused on like two or three things, so it's hard to pull five points out. Now it was like, they focused on literally everything, and so I have a little bit of a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I feel like, like I've
1: got a bunch of hot takes, so yeah, <laughs> I'm like, well, we're just going to have some conversation. I mean, I've at least got some some like things to talk about, but I'm like, oh gosh, this isn't going to be anything, at least on my side, very deep um at all so well let's let's kick it off what's your what's your first point what do you want what do you want to start with
0: all right who do we start with (laughs) who do we talk about that i've just enjoyed (laughs) talking about all season i feel like it's it's not a number five it's not a talk you know not not a countdown whatever Mm -hmm. unless we talk about my boy kevin let's give him his his, his section a
1: proper send off Uh, yeah
0: yeah and again, it's it's not a whole lot. There's really only two scenes that I really wanted to talk about okay. with Kevin. Uh, the first one is when he drops the bomb on Catherine. Um, mm. Where, you know, in the way that she said, you know, what did I and like kind of cuts off. I mean, it's just so sad. Like that look on her face of like, was it me? What did I do? Was it?
1: Yeah. And I,
0: you know, he, he said, nothing. You have to know that. Uh of course, he did his follow up with saying Alonka was wrong to say what she said, but it doesn't mean what she said isn't right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like that's exactly what I was saying last week. I was like,
1: yeah, I mean, she wasn't wrong, this, but she was totally out of wrong, line but, with her delivery yeah. and definitely wasn't her place. But yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and I was kind of feeling similar to Kevin in that moment of being like, oh, you know, brace for impact. Like this, this is not going to go over well. How is this going to be? And then Catherine, again, being our queen, MVP, who deserves all the good things in life. She's, I mean, she's obviously heartbroken about it, but like the fact that she was also understanding and loving. And supportive.
1: <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah.
0: Team Catherine Forever, where he's just like, I don't know how to say this. And she's like one word at a time. She's like, you can do it. You can break up with me. Come on, Kevin.
1: Like right?
0: My God.
1: <laughs> yeah. That that girl definitely deserves, you know, the happiness. You know, I don't mm-hmm. I mean, it just seems like not the best situation to be in. You know, for either one of them, and I don't envy his position at all, uh, or hers. So, I think I think he handled it the best way that he could have. I think that's probably the best possible outcome, and for her to take it with such dignity and grace, you know, uh, it definitely shows a lot. Uh, you know, about her character, I think. Um. But I don't know. What did you think about that? Were you glad that he finally like did it kind of redeem him a little bit, you think, uh, for him to finally kind of say that to her?
0: Yeah, I mean, I was never uh, as hard (laughs) on him as like Jade was. Uh, (laughs) Love you, Jade. Um, But no, it's funny because when she was on last week and talking about it where she's like laying all these like she's just. Here's the indictment of Kevin, you know, <laughs> and, and as she's going through, I was like, ah, you're butchering my boy's name, dragging it through the mud. And the part I hated most about it is you're so dead on right. You're, you're not you're not saying anything. false. I know
1: um- it's hard to argue <laughs> hard to argue because you just like, you ah. want to root for your character so bad. And I mean, I I think Kevin's a, a good kid, but that's the thing. They're kids. Yeah, you know they're they're kids, and and it's not easy even being an adult and navigating a relationship like that. So how you know how do you you know give him such a, a hard time? I mean, he he definitely could have handled things better, and probably should have probably should have set Catherine straight a little bit sooner than what he did yeah. instead of kind of dragging it out. But yeah, they're they're kids. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's easy to kind of be in the mindset of kids and be like, well, she's already like given me so much like devotion and love and she's there for me and all this support. It's like, why would I want to tack on? Oh, and you also had the kid with cancer broke up with you. Like, you don't want that Mm -hmm. on top of you. Also, like I could see him like wanting to like protect her in a way. It's like I could see myself in that position being like, you know, maybe I mean, yeah, because again, high school and stuff, people are small minded with a lot of things. And it's just like, <laughs> For sure. I'm sure she's not, uh, you know, I have a feeling she's probably not bullied and picked on. Like, she's probably got to find standing in her social <laughs> circle, whatever, you know, I'm sure it's not that. But like, yeah, teenagers, man, like it was just to be like, oh, yeah, the, the kid with cancer broke up with you is going to be a, it's going to come across a lot harder than like, I'm so sorry the boyfriend you were so devoted and loving with finally, you know, he passed away and you were there with him till the end. So I I can also see that like Kevin kind of wanting to protect her by just sticking with it. Mm -hmm. So he probably, I mean, it's not like he's being fully selfish, but, but I think it was a good thing. And when he was breaking up with her in this episode, I was like, yeah, no, that's the right thing to do. Go. I'm glad that you were manning up and following through when, you know, it's the right thing.
1: Yeah. And, I think also and I'm sure we'll talk about this part too but if he really does have feelings for Alonka then it's not right for it, it, for him to to like stay with Catherine for whatever whatever reasons he thought he needed to stay with her if he if if he has something that he feels for Alonka then it's not fair to keep dragging catherine along right like let her Mm -hmm. go you know um it's better just to rip off the band-aid and and let it hurt just a little bit and let her move on and do it in a kind and loving way you know you don't have to be mean about it or whatever but let her go in like a kind and loving way and let her move on and you know let her go find happiness you know With someone else, you know, because it's not fair if if he is feeling that way towards Alonka, you know, not just for the other reasons, you know, which I think, you know, we're true that if he is feeling like he's always having to put on a show for her to make her feel better or something, you know, there's that. But yeah, if you got feelings for someone else, then don't don't keep stringing her along. You know, that's not exactly.
0: Yeah. Which they got to go to the other part that I want to talk about with him is the end of the episode where he finally is with Alonka mm-hmm. gets his chance to talk with her and admits his feelings to her completely that, you know, even, you know, his story aside, he doesn't want to be dusty. He doesn't want to be alone and afraid of hurting others that he's, he's, he's willing to put in the love with Alonka. And then she's agreeing with him at first, but she also is kind of, you know, nervous about it or whatever that, you know, it's, it's going to be hard. It's, it's going to hurt. You know, she has that line. She says, I'm going to die. And he goes, well, me too. And I half expected him to make a joke. Like, you know, like, see, we already have so much in common, but, um, (laughs) but instead he has this, uh, more serious quote that I actually really liked much better where he says, but I've been thinking that dying is a really shitty reason not to live. Yeah. That's a great one. That's a great one.
1: (laughs) That was really good. Yeah, really good. Yeah, I mean, totally. He makes a a really good point, and it looks like a lot of the kids at this point in the story have kind of got that message, Mm -hmm. you know, about making the most of, of the time that they have left. And that goes for anyone. It doesn't matter if you know that you have a short, short time left or... Or not. I mean, none of us know when our time is coming, right? It could be tomorrow or it could be years and years from now. But you should always, always try to remember to, yeah, practice, practice that, you know, because we we are here for a short time.
0: Like Stanton said to Sandra last episode, last week, he says, all of us are dying, Mm -hmm. some just slower than others.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I loved that. I love that. Like, yeah, it's absolutely true. You you know, we, we all are it. You know, some some is shorter or longer than for others, but mm-hmm. yeah, I thought that was that was a great line. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kevin, Kevin came back around. Kevin came back around. <laughs> I was I was a little bit angry with him too about some things, but uh, I think he kind of redeemed himself a little bit. Um, well, let's talk about the beginning of the episode when we got that flashback i liked that we got that flashback because i for me that kind of answered that mystery and question that i had like well where the hell was julia jane (laughs) you know (laughs) like where did she go where was she because i think i had speculated early on or somewhere in the middle of our coverage, like, oh, I bet she was hiding in the basement, you know, or something like that. Because it'd be a perfect place, you know, to go. Because she she said something, I, I think anyway, I did not go back and watch it. But I think in the flashback episode, she said something like, oh, I was here the, the whole time or something like that. And I was like, oh, I bet yeah. she was in the basement. Well, clearly I was uh, wrong. So I was glad to kind of get this flashback and, and help fill in the blanks of where she went. And she found Regina or say so if whatever you want to call her so we got also another kind of question that and that's where I was kind of okay with where this episode landed for me because I feel like we got some of these things and filled out some of those mysteries it filled filled enough yeah. of my curiosity i'm sure others probably felt it was lacking in other places but i was glad to get some of these answers so we kind of find out what happened to Regina. It's like, well, what the hell happened to her after that? You know, she's she's surrounded by, you know, she's just poisoned all of these people. And it's like, well, what happened to her? So it's, we got the answer that, you know, she's, she had been institutionalized. They said she was cured. She's out. Julia leaves because she's totally dissatisfied. She's kind of in the same mindset of like where Alonka was. You know, Mm -hmm. when we when we met her and where where her journey has taken us through most of the series, at least until this final episode um, where she kind of has this change. Uh, So she very much has kind of that same mindset. She's like, hey, I'm sick, uh, but I don't want to die. And, you know, I think you've got some knowledge that I want to learn about. And she, you know, Regina seems very hesitant. Looks like she isn't willing to go kind of back to that you know but i guess she saw something in julia and we get that whole bright girl thing you know
0: (laughs) oh man i i have another because this is one of my points initially but i've got a backup so i can switch it out so it'd be yours but yeah i I noticed that yeah the way that regina was like talking to julia once she decides to help her out like that is exactly the way that julia spoke to Alonka. Mm-hmm. I mean Bright Girl, obviously. But like even the cadence and the rhythm of her voice. Yeah. Like it was all very much like she just delivered everything the exact same. It's like, man, that's it's almost creepy.
1: It <laughs> like, is. She definitely adopted her mannerisms, it seems. Her speech mm-hmm. and her even yeah, down to the phrase bright girl. I was like, So that's where you got it. Okay. So Things were clicking for me the The puzzle pieces were you know forming in spots, and i I liked that. I liked that we got that answer that that's where she was for the week. She was with Regina. She was learning from her and gaining this knowledge that you know, and she she found Athena's journal, but like I guess enough wasn't there, so that's why she sought her out to to kind of gain that and um find a way to heal herself so i liked the i liked filling in the gaps i thought it was interesting i was really intrigued by regina's character and i liked that we kind of got this baseline of you know the beginning of julia jane's story yeah it, it made sense to me so i like that
0: I had a note that uh yeah <laughs> Give it while she was in her house. You you drink a cup of tea that was given to you by oh, God. That's a Oh
1: I thought um, the same thing. And she's put, <laughs> pushing that tea cup. I go, are we sure we want to be drinking the tea she's offering? Is that really mm-hmm. a good idea? Uh, but yeah, looks. I was like, well, yeah. I don't know. It looks like she's kind of left that behind, at least for the moment, at least until she convinces her otherwise. You know, to uh, teach me your ways. But I was like, I don't think I'd be. Drinking any tea she's passing along. Jesus. Yeah. 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 It's funny. And so,
0: yeah, this is one of my points was was Julia. Uh, it's the only other note I had on that, just after that, like, kind of opening, like, actually, directly after that opening. Yeah, then we see Stanton lets Julia go mm-hmm. in order to, like, save her. The, I mean, let's be real the cultists that were poisoned. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And they somehow they all do live afterwards, which is good. Uh, we never really know what comes of Julia. Um, but, you know, Stanley says I've had her arrested like three times. It's just like, that's what she does. That's her. Um, she's never tried to murder anybody on my property before. I don't think. But, uh,
1: but you know. <laughs> I was like, OK, so this is a, a fairly common occurrence over the years, you know, that it's not the first time she's trespassed or or tried to find some means into Brightcliff and 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 do this. But I'm like, okay, so this isn't just trespassing and stuff. Couldn't she be like arrested for attempted murder for like poisoning those women?
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> I I'm, I'm sure she mentioned something to the police to be like if if she's seen, they probably got like a, you know, warrant or search for her or something. Yeah. But just in that second she has to make the choice of like do I try to detain julia or do i as a doctor take care of these people who are like dying
1: (laughs) yeah yeah i at first i was like oh my god are you just gonna let her go away uh you know and her her crazy eyes you know in the (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) she's going up the (laughs) elevator but i was like oh yeah i guess you know she she made perfect sense when she's like you know i'm a doctor and those people needed help and like yeah that makes perfect sense you know they you know, first do no harm and, you know, the oath, you know, she that would be what yeah. would be or mean more to her. And it sounds like, I mean, I don't know. It's it would seem weird. I would think that what Julie's just going to go back to her property that neighbors Brightcliff and just be like, oh, yeah, I I tried to kill some people and tried to break (laughs) into the into the property and do all these things. But uh, we're just going to keep going on as if nothing ever happened. Or does she like disappear into the night and she's like never seen again? Because I feel like this. She definitely crossed a line. She didn't just, like, break in oh, or whatever. Yeah. Like, she really crossed a line here. So I'm just thinking, where did she go? She really didn't just go home, did she? And then she gets home, they're like, hey, where are those other girls that you left with? Uh, oh, well, you know. not important. It's, it's, we're not going to talk about that. So bizarre. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, um, that, was, that was an interesting, uh, you know, closure to that scene. So yeah, don't yeah. know what happened to happened to to Julia after that. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Okay, so what's what's your next point? That was mine. I just want to kind of talk about that flashback uh and back in yeah. time with, with with Julia there.
0: All right. Well like I said that was that was one, but I'll take a kind of a, a backup. I do have one backup point. Uh which was just which ties in was Stanton. Um again, just little things, but uh I I did love Stanton talking to Alonka after that scene, when she's talking about that she let them go because, as a, or, you know, she let Julia go because as a doctor, it was more important for her to, to save the people that needed it. But she's just, that whole speech Stanton's giving, that whole conversation, she's just seeing through bullshit. Yeah. And I love that. You know, she kind of boils everything down. Julia is nothing special. There was nothing special. She bought into something that seemed real. She got lucky. But clearly she's sick again. And she was able to manipulate you, you know, You know, it was like, Alonka, you're smart, but desperation doesn't always care about how smart you are. You know, you anybody can be led to do anything with enough desperation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And she even, not petty, petty is not the right word because Stanton's not petty, but she does have that little moment where she jabs at Alonka, but in a way that it's more of a like, don't you realize kind of how you've been. She turns the whole shouldn't they know thing on mm-hmm. her from like the same way Alonka was like, well, shouldn't they know somebody's cured to somebody's healed and going home and shouldn't they know? And now it's like, I don't want to tell, you know, don't tell everybody what I did. Well, why not? Shouldn't they all know? You <laughs> know? <you> want to
1: know? <laughs> yeah. I loved how she turned it back around on her. She kind of deserved that after yeah. the crap she's pulled.
0: Absolutely. So I, I, I loved Stanton in that. And then we don't really get much anymore of Stanton up until the very end of the episode. I mean, very end. End of the episode, season, series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, on Stanton, uh, where we just get the reveal that she has been wearing a wig. She's bald, and she's got an hourglass tattoo on the back of her neck. Or are we wondering what that means? Well, uh, without saying anything or spoiling anything, uh, stay tuned to what we talked about earlier, (laughs) because we will reveal all the secrets that we can to anyone interested.
1: (laughs) Yes. If, if you, if you don't, I feel like you could probably guess, you know, I, I felt like I didn't have to read about it, what Mike Flanagan says about season two and, and Mm. as when he talks about that, but if, yeah, if you're wondering, stay tuned, we'll, um, there are some answers to that, um, so I. But I, I thought it was, I thought it was very interesting and a hell of a place to to leave it. Yeah, <laughs> I was. I remember being very visibly shocked when she removed the wig off her head. I was like, "Oh shit! I was not <laughs> not expecting <laughs> that." She looked, you know, it reminded me of Regina. Yeah. Because there's that scene I keep seeing this that image of Regina on the floor surrounded by those people, with uh, her wig laying next to her and like those bloody thumbprints on her forehead. Yeah. So it was very just kind of jarring because I didn't expect expect it at all. So, yeah, got a little little extra insight to Doctor Stanton. I really liked her character. I absolutely. I I thought she was really great. I thought she had a lot of wisdom. Um I liked what she represented. I think her representation of like medicine and modern medicine and that that approach to that and to to death was such a stark contrast to like Julia Jane and her believing that there was a more natural way and that there was going to be like some miracle cures or rituals or things like that. So I thought I, I really liked the, t- the, you know, that contrast between those two characters and kind of seeing that throughout, you know, the season and how it played out. Yeah. So that was great. Uh, let's, I, I want to, Talk just quickly about Amesh because we we've talked about him a little bit in the last couple of episodes. How he's continued to decline, and yeah. we saw that in um, a scene with Mark, and we're seeing it again. And man, that was really sad to see him struggling, trying to pick up. Was it a pen? I think it was a pen or something there on the desk. Um, yeah, that he was struggling, and. That scene with him and Natsuki was so beautiful, you know, because she she knows what's happening and and she was sad, but it was a really beautiful moment between those two. And when he tells her, you know, the issues that he's had, the motor skills, how he's now starting to have these vision issues and how that's kind of that's when, you know, things are getting really bad when because I guess it doesn't take very long according to what he says once the vision starts to become affected and there's a sadness there's an acceptance you know between him and natsuki he then talks about seeing the shadow he's very clear and upfront about it you know he's not trying to hide it you know um you know that he is seeing something and clearly you know we know anya was seeing something sounds like tristan had also maybe told Notsky that she was seeing something too. So he's talking about seeing that shadow. So we know based off of what we've seen so far, it's only a matter of time. So it makes it really sad. I've gotten to really love yeah. Amesh. And that scene between them was so beautiful because it was like not a whole lot of words just needed to be said, you know, there didn't have to say anything. There was just love. There was acceptance, and there was just comfort. And I really loved seeing them together. And just it broke my damn heart, like seeing those tears just fall off Natsuki's face like that. The way that they kind of showed them from that side profile, and you could just see mm-hmm. those tears just falling. I was like, ugh, I'm done. Um, I, I I couldn't couldn't take any more of that. It was such a beautiful scene between between those two and again you know when you were talking about kevin's line to alonka you know that's kind of what we've seen natsuki and amesh kind of grab a hold of you know together and knowing that they don't have a lot of time together but they're taking their you know what happiness you know they found each other and they're they're taking what happiness that they have um and i'm so glad that they at least have some moments like that together
0: yeah for sure i agree um <clears throat> yeah I, I enjoyed enjoy is a weird word to use for that scene but because it was just more like kind of heartbreaking and sad like you're like oh, a mesh and then but it, but it's, it's heartwarming in the sense that yeah i mean he understands he doesn't have super long left but natsuki understands that too that's the world and the life they live in that's where they're mm-hmm. at uh, and they just they take that time to be together. They know that it's going to end sooner than later. But for now, yeah, they have each other and that's what matters.
1: Yeah, that was hard to watch, but just mm-hmm. just still just like it It had its own beauty uh, in a way yeah. to see how much they they care for each other. And how Natsuki was just just there, just there for him. Yeah. All right. What you got next?
0: All uh, right. Next, I wanted to really mainly just gives me a chance to read a whole bunch of dialogue. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I wanted to talk about Alanka uh, specifically. Kind of just like a little arc, a little journey she goes on about. I'll, I'll just I'll talk about it. So, okay. I'm just trying to cover it real quick. Yeah. But yeah, um, is yeah after her talk with Stanton. It's funny that everything's kind of da, da, da with me. Uh, I didn't even <laughs> do it on purpose. But, um, <clears throat> you know, she has this feeling, like, at first, of just, like, deep shame, I think. She won't say it. She's not saying that she's ashamed. But I think that's exactly what it is, because her initial idea is just, I think I'm going to go home. I'm going to leave Brightcliff. avoid any embarrassment, any issues, any shame with any of these people. Mm-hmm. And just, I screwed up, and now I'm just going to leave. Just sneak away and <clears throat> not face what I've done. And, yeah, so she's just kind of wanting to run and avoid. Uh, But then I think one of the first things that really fixes that, I guess, is when Rhett shows up, which was Anya's friend, uh, he says that he saw her obit and that he decides to come around and just kind of... I don't even know exactly what his plan was because he wasn't there to collect anything. Alonka just decided he should have some of her things that she didn't really know what to do with. Mm Mm-hmm. So I guess he was just there to pay his respects. I'm still not hundred percent certain why he showed up. Uh
1: yeah. I was a little confused. But yeah.
0: but, but but he was there and enough to where, you know, he, she Alanka decides to give him some things, including that ballerina statue, which is what that he had gotten Anya, uh, which is now somehow fixed. And Alanka and later the others take that as a sign. That's another thing that I'm not gonna lie, I'm confused by it as well. I wish we could get more on that. Um, Me too. Me too. <laughs> like, I, how does that work? Uh, do ghosts in the afterlife now have the ability to like fix broken things or like magically make new legs appear on statues? I don't understand.
1: I I wonder that too. Uh, like, was this like because Anya kept saying like if 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 there's a way to give a sign because that was like what a lot of them talked about, right? Like they were looking for signs if any of them had come back. And she's like, it's not going to be a whisper. It's going to be like big time. So I was like, is yeah. is this what it was? Is this what they were getting excited about? They think it was a sign from Milanka that she's okay, that she's moved on and she's, she's all right beyond death or something. I don't know. I was, wasn't quite yeah, sure. It
0: was kind of, it was kind of strange, mm-hmm. but at least it was kind of a catalyst for Alonka deciding to stick around a little bit. It was that she sees that. And then of course she goes in with family day and sees everybody just kind of, you know, uh, with their families and there's joy and there's love. And I think, you know, she remembers that through good and bad, these people are her family and she belongs here with them. Um, so she does change her mind when, so when then Tim shows up, uh, you know, she was supposed to tell you know pack up her stuff and leave with Tim, but now she's kind of just ignoring all the packed boxes around. It's like, what's with this? He's like, "I eh, don't don't worry about it. Don't <laughs> don't don't mind the boxes. Um, and she talks about the preneed with him, which the main thing, of course, being this poem that she chose to be read at her funeral. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to recite the poem because it hit me in a special way. I was like, man, that is. Like I really loved it to where like at the end I was like, "Damn, if I don't kind of want to make that, you know, I don't want that used in my own funeral, you know, right?" Like, kind of like that's really good. I, I loved um, it too.
1: Please, I I didn't get a chance to copy it, so I'd I'd love to to hear it.
0: Yeah. So the the name of it was Epitaph, and yeah, it just goes, uh, "When I die, give what's left of me away to children and old men that wait to die, and if you need to cry, cry for your brother walking the street beside you, and when you need me." Put your arms around anyone and give them what you need to give to me. I want to leave you something, something better than words or sounds. Look for me and the people I've known or loved. And if you cannot give me away, at least let me live in your eyes and not your mind. You can love me most by letting hands touch hands, by letting bodies touch bodies, and by letting go of children that need to be free. Love doesn't die. People do. So when all that's left of me is love, give me away. Like man oh, so good that hits <laughs> mhm,
1: yeah i I loved loved that poem. It was so beautiful, and uh definitely rings true to to like how I would want to be remembered myself, so so yeah, that's that's really all I had was just you know, lot. there's
0: a lot of, there was some confusion and some weird parts of that, but it all was worth it because I got that poem and I was like, oh, that was really beautiful and I really like it a lot.
1: It, it was really good and I was glad <laughs> that's a, a weird phrase. Again, when considering the subject matter, it's, it's weird for me to say glad I enjoyed and you know, all these things, because it's like we're talking about kids in a hospice. So it feels weird yeah. for me to say that, but it was good to see Alonka make this turn, I think, to stop, I guess, to stop fighting, you know, Into to, I feel like, she, because she was like, oh, I feel like I wasted Anya's time. Like, whenever she was referring to the ritual, she said something like a couple of episodes ago, like, we wasted her time, we could have been spending that time with her, she could have been maybe doing something else with her time and spending it instead of this ritual that never even worked for her it feels like you know in in alonka's journey to try to find some sort of miracle cure or seeking out some kind of ritual she could have been living a little bit more you know instead yeah. this is this is how some of her days were spent so i'm glad that she got this clarity that she can mm-hmm. now focus on like what <laughs> kevin was saying living like The rest of the time that she has, you know, and not focused on, you know, trying to find some miracle cure uh, with the time that she has. So, but yeah, that, that poem was, was beautiful. And a a heartbreaking scene with her and Tim, it was hard to see that from like a a parental perspective, because I thought, oh Uh gosh, you know, I... I don't ever want to think about that ever, like being in that situation with and like with my kid or something. I just I couldn't I can't allow myself to go there, but I can't imagine how to even deal with that. Um, And then like just the kids and how they deal with what they're facing. I mean, I can't can't even imagine, you know, having to deal with death every day the way that they do. Mm -hmm. so that was really nice i'm glad that you copied that down so a happy note i mean it was kind of a little bit of a a sad goodbye (laughs) but i think a happy note we got to see sandra go home
0: yeah you did yeah it was nice
1: i was really happy for her i think I, i was thinking about it in this episode i was like wow she's she really does have to go home And so the good news was she wasn't terminal, but she's still sick. Like, she still has something going on. And I just think, wow, the journey that that girl has been on, like, she went through chemo and everything. Like, they were telling her she had cancer, and so they were putting her through chemo. And that rigorous treatment, I've never been through it personally. But... I just, I cannot imagine. And then knowing that it was like not necessary to. right. The, I've
0: seen the toll it takes on people. It's, it's rough, it's
1: brutal. And to, to think that it, it you're fighting, you think that you're fighting something and it's not even like doing anything for you. In fact, it sounds like it was kind of making her condition worse because she's like, mm-hmm. well, I saw the polyps and I had even more. Um, but it, you know, Dr. Sand's like, "Oh, well, you hadn't had time to really heal from your treatment." And so it probably like flared things up and just made it look worse than what it was. And now that she's had time to heal, they then realize that she's not terminal. So it's like, wow, the 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 journey that this girl has been on, and she still has more of a journey to go through to figure out what's wrong yeah. with her. So all I could think were all these things as she's getting ready to leave was how more how much more of a road she has still ahead of her and how frustrating it must be to not know what is wrong with her. Uh, How do you treat something when you don't know what it is, you know? Right. And it sounds like she had been through things. So, but it was so heartbreaking to see, you know, her leave her friends. Uh, I know I cried a little bit, you know, just saying goodbye to Sandra Mm -hmm. and, you know, seeing her say goodbye to Spence, knowing where they were, when the season started and how far that they have come in the friendship, that true bond they seem to have really developed between each other was, you know, really lovely. Uh And when she looked at a mesh, when she was telling him goodbye and she's like, you're going to see me again. Ugh. <laughs> like, um <laughs> no, probably not. You know, we know from the scene earlier that, doesn't sound like a mesh might have much more time left. Right. Um,
0: Which I, I took that more of her kind of as the faith aspect of her, very much like a oh, heaven kind of. Maybe, thing where,
1: maybe, yeah. yeah. Maybe that's true. Yeah. I, I hadn't thought about that. So maybe that's true. But it was, it was lovely to, you know, see her to be able to go home because even though it was sad mm-hmm. for her to, you know, leave her friend, she's like, well, I don't want to go. Uh, you know, it's it's nice to know that she can continue on and hopefully fight whatever it is yeah. she's got going on. I really, you know, it took me a while to really like her. Uh, but by the yeah. end, she definitely became a, you know, a favorite character for me.
0: For sure. Yeah, because I, I kind of had like an arc, like Spence did, where at first you're like, oh, the the religious person who's pushing it on everybody. Mm-hmm. And like, I had my own thoughts about that. And I'm just like, But of course, I also took to her side pretty quickly, too, where I was just like, yeah, she's in the wrong for this. But also she's doing her best and she's not a bad person. And then from there, yeah, as the season has gone on, I've been like more and more on Team Sandra. Like, she really is just such a pure heart and soul. Like, Yeah,
1: you can see that that pure heart that she has. Mm -hmm. Like, she really is just wanting to be like what she does. She's not always in the right. You know, that whole thing with hiding in the room and, you know, pretending to be some, you know, voice from beyond or something like that was maybe not the best decision. But everything that she was doing was coming from a loving place. You know, it wasn't malicious or anything like that. Um, So, yeah, so it was nice to see her be able to go home. But sad, sad with all the tears. The goodbye.
0: Yeah. Well, You mentioned the mesh you know, he has that moment where he says uh, he just really wants to take a good look at her and i that impacted mm. me thinking about the scene we've already talked about being like yeah he's he's got to keep her in his mind the best he can cuz i mean we know his vision's going and everything's going and so he's just like let me really soak the people that matter to me in for right now
1: mm. yeah oi who said watching a show about kids in a hospice was a good idea was that me? <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> tough stuff
0: we say we saw flan again and we were like yeah we're in don't care what it is i know um I so know. that's kind of how we do
1: we knew we knew what we were in for
0: Yeah.
1: all right what have you got next
0: all right well you know me mm. and my midnight club stories <laughs> gotta do i'm ready those. for that
1: deep dive
0: yeah they're not super deep but a little. Ended on a easygoing note, I think. Uh, but yeah, so the, my last two points, honestly, are going to be those. But I'm doing them in the opposite order than what we watched them, so I want to start with the end of which first. Because... Um, yeah, uh, and it's not necessarily breaking down what happened in the story like I've done, just kind of going parallels. Uh, we see that, you know, no matter what Imani did to try to change the future, the inevitable always came back around. Only now, other problems and other people were hurt. You know, like, there were consequences to trying to change the future. Uh, Clearly, this is Alanka being a little hard on herself. Uh, She dove headfirst into all the Paragon ritual stuff and Julia. And in the end, none of it changed anything, but it did hurt others. I mean, you know, you, you, you talked about earlier the way that she felt she wasted Anya's time and maybe could have been dealt with better and not put her through so much stress. But also, I mean, it took a toll on everyone involved. I mean, them giving up their personal items. And even though it ended up being a very kind of beautiful moment, which I'll talk about in a little bit. But you can still see, I mean, it Sheree was stressed and bothered. Or not Sheree, uh, Sandra was stressed and bothered about it a little mm-hmm. bit. But also, it, Stanton, the stress it put her through. Um, <laughs> and how mad she was. Uh, and even going all the way to the end of it, where it got julia's people poisoned and all of this stuff she alanka could have died because of all this and she's seeing all of these negative things that came from it but nothing changed they're all still sick except for sandra but that was literally just coincidence Mm -hmm. um and so she's kind of beating herself up with the story of yeah like oh yeah you see you know amani changed all this and then everything came back to bite her you know and so she's kind of putting herself in that position Uh. But then also Amani's accepting letting go of her life in order to move on from those mistakes. It's uh, similar to that poem that I read earlier, uh, you know, that she may die, but love won't. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: you let her love of others live on and then others will live on in that same way. The effort should be put into honoring those that they've lost, like Anya. Uh, their love will be keeping their memory going. It's a lot of that. Uh, you have that scene between Imani and Scotty, the characters there, and it was very much Alonka coming to grips with Anya's death and accepting what it was and what it is. I, you know, really liked that. In that, she says, "You aren't supposed to die," and Scotty, uh, you know, Anya <laughs> looking at her and saying, "It's okay, and it is not your fault." And I think this story is Alonka just really trying to come to grips with the choices she made, the mistakes she made, but really in the end, that like things are going to be what they Mm -hmm. are. You can't change fate. You can't change the future. You just have to accept things are and do the best that you can in your ability with it and do it with love. And so it's very much her, she's kind of beating herself up, but also being like, look, we just, this is what it is. And we just have to be able to learn to accept things and, and, and live the life that we have. Um, And then the ending bit is, you know, a little bit more like that epitaph poem, you know, the, when she's talking to Scotty quotes, mm-hmm. um, the finger quotes in, in the room, you know, the, you know, remember me, you know, if you can try to, and, and let me live on with you. But then Alonka just can't get through that as she's trying to tell that part of the story. And so I love that. Then the others rally around her to help her finish the I story. Love
1: that. Yeah.
0: It's very disjointed and kind of silly, uh, <laughs> but it's, you know, well, to quote Taylor Swift on her new album, From this year. Uh, (laughs) It's like snow on the beach. Weird, but fucking beautiful. (laughs) Right? Um, (laughs) Because that's really what it was. It was just very strange and disjointed with everybody throwing in their own little pieces. But in the end, it was very beautiful and very touching and personal. Uh, Cherie is the first to pick it up. Which, wow, way to make your first storytelling count, Cherie. Uh, (laughs)
2: First
0: time. And I love that Cherie knew that Scotty was Anya in the story. With that because trust me when I say she could be a real stubborn bitch when she wanted to be. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and then Amesh, the real romantic, will will chime in and pick it up from there. You know, you put the heart around Amani and Ben. It doesn't matter how long they had together; love is love. And it's like, ah, him and Natsuki, adorable. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, exactly.
0: And then also, Luke and Becky were there, which. That look on Spence's character in the story's face had me like, <laughs> again, so one of those good. moments where I had to pause the episode because I was laughing so hard and I just needed a moment <laughs> for a good bit. It, dude, Becky died. It was like a whole thing.
1: Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, so gunny. Oh, man. Uh, and then Amesh makes that ritual that they did with Anya. Worth something in the story, he's alluding to the personal items in his story, even like everybody is leaving personal items for Imani, and they make it about it's about honoring Anya the whole time, or you know, it, it was very much about honor, and he's wanting to make that point. Um, Sandra's character of Angel appears as well, and we have the whole group ending their story together with a vision of the afterlife where Imani is happy, and it was just very. Very beautiful painted picture that they all came together for It was really cool
1: dancing with the fireflies, wasn't it Isn't that how she described mm-hmm. it It's beautiful, yeah i i I liked it too. I gosh, the moments you know there because it was like she she was trying to kind of make up for what had happened with Anya and her behaviors and the mistakes that she had made, like you said. I thought it was. I thought it was lovely. I thought it was a lovely way to wrap it up. And and as, as angry as I've been with Olomoka for a lot of these last few episodes and how frustrated I've been with her, you know, I did get choked up when she was starting to tear up and she wasn't able to, to finish the story. And when everyone jumped in to finish it, I thought it was a, a really lovely moment it was a, a sweet and vulnerable i thought moment between all the members there of the midnight club yeah. and i feel like that's kind of what this series was about was the, the living on is is the stories that you tell about your friends yeah. cuz that's that's what i feel i i feel like you That's how you live on. I don't know that there's an afterlife. I don't know that I believe in anything like that. But I think that that's how you live on are the memories and the stories that your friends and family, the people that were in your life and that you made an impact on uh, in their lives. To me, that's how you live on. And that for me is like what the, the series was like was they're, they're all telling these stories about each other and that is how they continue to live on. Um, so that's mm-hmm. what longest story was for me in, in that moment. So that's, that's how it hit me anyway. Yeah. I thought it was lovely though, in a nice way to kind of um, end, end that story. So that was my two cents. It was one of my points too, but I had, you you said way more than what i had so we'll i'll close it there um and let's go ahead with your next point you want to talk about uh du- um dusty story now yeah
0: the ending <laughs> of of dusty uh yeah which again okay, this was where we really started it was you know it's time for the final meeting of the midnight club at least for us the viewers mm-hmm. i'm sure there's many more to be had um but yeah, but for us, it's our last time there around the table in the library. To those before, to those after, to us now, and to those beyond, seen or unseen, here but not here, right? Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, we get a uh, ending of which I got to the point by this finale that I was like just reciting it with them on like my even my first yes. watch. I just like it just became part of each episode to know that you would just get to say it along with them, and I looked forward mm-hmm. to it. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so so Kevin decides to end his story. Um, again, I'm going to do it kind of similarly, where I'm not breaking down too much, but just really kind of looking at parallels and what's there. Um, you know, Dusty decides he doesn't want to hurt the person that means the most to him, although he has hurt everyone else. And then in real life here, we have, you know, Kevin has just had to hurt Catherine, um, but he's not wanting to push Alanka away anymore. So I see that Dusty revealing the truth to Sheila is trying to break that cycle in the way that Kevin is finally admitting to himself and to Alonka his true feelings and, and going for it. Um, and then we do see in the story again, a lot. I don't think we even really see the full extent of the amount of pressure that Kevin is under and feels under from his family. Mm-hmm. That's what this story really still is. You know, the expectations had on his life that Kevin had on his own life, you know, either his own expectations or this perfect image once he gets from his mother and his family. Um, They've kind of caused him to lead Alonka on by, you know, kind of talking with her a little bit, but not even mentioning Catherine or not, you know, all these little things. And he's just not going to do that anymore. He can't kill that relationship. He's he's done too much, you know, just kind of like in the story, Dusty's going to kill Sheila and he can't. He can't Mm -hmm. do it, and that's what we see here: is he can't kill what he's got between him and Alonka. So it's time to let that past go, perhaps letting it float away into the sky, free of attachment. (laughs) Right? Um, (laughs) But (laughs) so that's why he breaks up with uh, with Catherine. Things like that. So a lot of it is just there's a lot of very specific parallels of what we see the characters going through in these episodes and with these stories, and I like that. And then there's just the. Other little notes about it that I love. Uh, creepy spider crawling mom. Damn, that was terrifying. Jeez. Um.
1: You know what? <laughs> no, that was a little too hereditary for me. And I checked out in that moment. I was like, uh oh, no moms crawling on the ceiling. Thank you very much.
0: Right. right. There is no Dusty. Only Zool. Sorry, <laughs> sorry wrong thing.
1: Um, uh- <laughs> I that, too. that voice. Of him. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> But yeah, uh also, you know, we see the ghosts of Dusty's victims when they're kind of released, able to move on. And like I mentioned, you know, they're floating upward towards the light. And I was like, is this another angel metaphor that Sandra's not there for? This is just on purpose now. Rude. Mm-hmm. You're purposely doing all of these when she's not there for them. Um She
1: never gets her angel no, but, uh,
0: <laughs> but yeah, there's these family expectations. like another thing that really mentions those is Dusty's talking about, you know, talking about his grandfather. And when he was too old to lift the hammer, whatever it was passed into her, his his mom. And then, you know, he goes on to say, and then she started pouring it into me. And it's very much like his family, the family name has been very important. And, you know, we heard about that way early in the season about, you know, your father brought shame to the family name. I forgot what his last name was. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, so it's it's all the pressures on you to to make that name right and be the person that you... You know everybody thinks you are, and that we want you to be, and so he's even saying that family expectations has been down the line generation by generation, and he's just like it's it's not worth it, <laughs> like just yeah. you know we have what we have, and that's all we have, so make the best of it uh and then after of course, Alonka doesn't like Kevin's story ending, where he's just kind of locked away in a prison, not hurting anyone again. To where that leads to that conversation that we talked about earlier between them, where it's just like, you don't want to be like Dusty, you know, it's, you don't want to just lock yourself away and be way too afraid to hurt anybody again. Sometimes hurting people you love is just part of life, but, but loving them in the first place is what matters. And so if you're too afraid to do that, then what's the, you know, what's the Mm -hmm. point?
1: Oof, yeah, spot on you know from i I, lo- I love everything that you just said uh and i i totally agree with you just from the shallower end of dusty's story his was probably one of my favorites out of all of them that were told just for the um creep factor uh huh 'Cause I do think there were some really creepy moments. So I do love the horror aspects from Dusty's story. Like I said, the and then in this yeah. one when he finished it up, the 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 mom crawling on the ceiling really just sent me. Um but I, <laughs> I loved I thought I thought it was a really good story, just from like if you don't look deeply at it. Like just if you're just looking at right. it like at a, uh, as a scary just story. Surface level
0: horror. Yeah, yeah.
1: It was probably my favorite. And I liked that we also got the answer to, like, how do we explain that they're looking at murders from like forty years ago? You know, how how they kind of explained that. so i thought I yeah. thought it was a fun, just a horror story in general. Um, yep. so that was probably my favorite. Um, but, yeah, but then kind of sad, looking at the deep parts of it, like you just explained. Good old Kevin. He knows how to tell a story. Mm -hmm. He's like, okay, y'all can die now, you know?
0: (laughs) I love that when he says that you can all go die now, it's over. And Spence has this like, yes! he's like,
1: yes! (laughs) Done! Finally! Got the end. So good. I like that. Good breakdown. Good breakdown. He knows how to tell a story. Well, Uh uh-huh. The only things I think that I have left, just like a quick note about family day uh, and to see some of the growth from from the characters, Cherie, who normally just stays up in a room and, you know, doesn't really join anyone because her family never comes, uh, which is so sad. It just, God, I just don't get that behavior at all. Uh, you know Mm -hmm. but um you know whatever it's just a tv show i guess but i know that that happens in in real life but uh she she's decided to join everyone for family day so i loved that i'd love seeing that friendship that's really growing between her and spence she's offering to teach him the cello i loved seeing uh Amesh's reaction to hearing that it sounds like his parents are gonna be able to come visit in a couple of weeks. Yeah. I love that for him because especially now knowing that his time is really getting shorter with his yeah. symptoms and he's he's just becoming a little bit more debilitated and his illness is really catching up to him. So I was really happy that he had that moment. Uh and Spence Spence's parents came, his mother
0: oh, he's- Swear I tell you on first watch. Strangely enough, this episode it I it wasn't as emotional on the second watch as it was first for me, which is Ooh, weird because it's usually the mm-hmm. opposite. But today I, I was like a lot more just like, all right, I know what's going on. And I was just kind of like looking at things very but like I would when I that first watch where just all the lights are off in my apartment, I'm just like zoned in on it. I tell you, his mom walked into that room and I just immediately broke down like <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. That made me so incredibly happy to to know that he, he's gotten through to her and that hug between them. Like, at first you could tell she's just like, oh, this house is pretty. And, you know, and there's mm-hmm. kind of just this little bit of awkwardness. And then she just grabs him. And I'm just like, yes, yeah. mom. Yes. Yeah, it
0: was her initiating the hug that really, even, yeah, today watching Second Watch still made me, like, Of cry. course. I was like... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn you, Flanagan. I'm-
1: <laughs> yeah. You got me too. You got me too. Yeah. But I was like, good for you, mom, for, you know, whatever it was that you had to go through and that you, what matters is that you're there now and the healing journey can begin, you know, be- between them uh, and their family. So, mm-hmm. yeah, huge moment. And then, of course, that was broken up by then the introduction of, this is my friend Cherie. And she's like, oh, well, we're not just her friends. We're engaged. And I lost my shit. <laughs> <laughs> I just got
0: Classic Cherie. <laughs> I love her
1: so much. She was so funny. She just totally broke, broke that ice. Um, his mm-hmm. poor parents are just like, what? <laughs> looks on their faces. Um, And he just laughs it off. He's like, eh, (laughs) too soon. (laughs) Too too soon. (laughs) But yeah, loved that. Loved seeing Family Day. Loved seeing the growth with some of the characters and getting to see, you know, despite, you know, the circumstances for everyone, there were some happy moments and I think some healing to be had. So that was beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful to see.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Um anything else that you have?
0: Not really. Funny enough, all of my like extra notes were really like other points that you had. So that worked out really cool. well. Um I was just attack on yeah, the family day thing, the one thing that didn't really because we mentioned, yeah, Amesh finding out his parents were coming, uh but then Natsuki is there with him, and so like Amesh's I guess like aunt and uncle and like Natsuki's mom are like meeting Amesh and Natsuki finally like as officially like boyfriend and girlfriend you know and, and i was like that's really adorable like that's that's cute but you're getting that like especially when natsuki's mom like says to her you <laughs> know was like oh yeah you're right he's really cute something He's like mom don't <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, it was so nice
0: mhm
1: all right so if We don't have anything else for this episode. Do you want to go ahead and talk about Mike Flanagan's Tumblr post about season two?
0: Sure. Yeah. And like I said, how you wanted to do it, um, when we could try to like just break it down and cover points, or I don't have a problem just kind of reading through it. So if anybody, it's not like the longest thing in the world. Yeah. It's not really super
1: long. So. So yeah, let's go ahead and jump into Mike Flanagan's Tumblr post. And if if y'all want it, I'm happy to put the link out there. You know, if you if you want to uh, read it, um, you can Google it and it will come up. It's been posted, yeah. so it's it is available. Um, it's not super long. He does a good job at just kind of summarizing, you know, certain characters and and what their next what was going to happen for them next or the story as a whole or certain story points questions or might be some answers to some questions. So I think, I think we're just going to read through this and um, feel free to stick around. If you don't want to hear anything about season two, then go ahead and skip ahead because we're going to talk about it. So this is your final uh, spoiler warning for that. So yeah, (laughs) Hey, Let's why don't you go ahead and kick us off and read what Mike Flanagan has left us in regards to Midnight Club season two.
0: All right. So, again, yeah, I was just like, I, I can't do it justice versus just like the way he put it. So I, I like to read the whole thing. He uh, says, I'm very disappointed that Netflix has decided not to pursue a second season of The Midnight Club. My biggest disappointment is that we left so many story threads open, holding them back for the hypothetical second season, which is always a gamble. So I'm writing this blog as our official second season so you can know what might have been, learn the fates of your favorite characters, and know the answers to those dangling story threads from the first season. So for those of you who want to know what we are planning to do, here's a look at what we had for season two. Amesh. Season two would open with Amesh, his glioblastoma advancing quickly. He would tell the first story of the season, but would be struggling to make it through. We'd focus on his love story with Natsuki for those first few episodes as it becomes clear that Amesh's death is imminent. Meanwhile, Alonka is trying to reconcile how she was fooled by Julia Jane, all while falling further in love with Kevin, and she realizes he may be fading faster than he lets on. Alonka begins a serialized story in an effort to encourage him to stay alive a little longer, like he did in season one, and the story she tells is Remember Me. This was the thing I was most excited about for this season. Remember Me is one of my all-time favorite Pike books. It tells the story of a teenage girl who's pushed off a balcony and awakens as a ghost. She has to navigate being a spirit while trying to solve her own murder. We would have stretched the story out over five episodes. Mm. We are going to use it as a vehicle for Alanka to try to come to terms with the fact that she's going to die and to begin to try to wrap her head around being a ghost. But this is the coolest part. The lead character of Alanka's story wouldn't be played by Alanka. She'd be played by Anya. Because this is how we live on, isn't it? In the minds of those we leave behind. And Alanka would use Remember Me as a way to imagine her dear friend Anya waking up as a ghost, navigating the afterlife. And this sets up one of the best mechanisms of the show. Even if a character dies, as long as they're remembered by members of the club, they live on in their stories. As the story starts to pick up steam, though, the group will have to deal with the death of Amesh, when he greets with, which he greets with grace and bravery. In his final moments, he sees someone in his room. The janitor from the first season is played by Robert Longstreet who says comforting things to Amesh even though he can't respond. And in his final, final moments, the shadow descends upon Amesh and he's engulfed into it, which reinforces the idea that the shadow is death. With Amesh's death comes something that upends the entire thing, a new patient. We didn't work out too much about who this would be, but it would be a new roommate for Alanka, someone taking Anya's old bed. Alonka would find herself being initially cold to her, just as Anya was when, just as Anya was when Alonka arrived. Even feeling like this new girl shouldn't necessarily be ushered into the club. But of course, they would develop a beautiful friendship over the course of the season. The new girl joins the club where something else exciting is happening. Sheree is telling a story. <laughs> of course, <laughs> <laughs> we had right, <laughs> we had decided which one, but I think it might have been Monster. Natsuki would be the next to die, which would be heartbreaking, and again, she would talk to the janitor just before it happened, and again, the shadow would come in the final moments. (laughs) For Spence, though, things would take a different turn. The advancements in HIV treatment in the late 90s would come into play, and we'd see his prognosis change. The HIV cocktail came out in December 1995, and we really wanted to explore that. Spence would ride the swell of antiviral advancements, and by the end of the season, he'd be no longer classified as terminal. In the finale of season two, Spence would leave Brightcliff just like Sandra did in season one, heading off to manage his disease and live the rest of his life. Yay! But on to the big mysteries of the seas of season one. <clears throat> Here are some answers. What's up with Doctor Stanton's tattoo and bald head? Well, a few things. First, Doctor Stanton is actually the daughter of the original Paragon cult leader, Aseiso. Her nickname was Athena. She wrote the Paragon journal that Alonka found in season one. She turned on her mother and helped the kids escape, but because of she, because she was part of her cult or the cult in her teenage years, she had the tattoo. It was her initials that Alonka found carved into the tree in season 1. Her maiden name was Georgina Ballard, hence the GB that Alonka finds carved in the tree. She hated what her mother became and the atrocities of the cult, so she reclaimed the property after her mom was gone and wanted to change it into a place that celebrated life. She was trying to undo her mother's legacy and leave something behind that was beautiful. She's wearing a wig at the end of season one, not because of a sinister reason, but because she's undergoing chemo. Dr. Stanton has cancer. Having helped so many people deal with the disease, she now has to deal with it herself. Her treatment would be successful, and she'd go into remission. But having to face that while caring for the terminal kids at Rightcliffe was going to be a very introspective arc for Stanton. And what about the living shadow? It's death, right? Well, no. At the end of the season, Kevin will die, followed shortly by Alonka. And as she is dying, two things will happen. First, she'll find herself talking to the janitor, played by Robert Longstreet, and she'll make a discovery. He is death. And nothing to be afraid of. It turns out no one else ever saw this character. Stanton has a cleaning service, and the nurse practitioners make up the rooms. The only people who ever saw this mysterious janitor were the patients. He is death, and he offers them kind words before they die. So then what was the shadow? This is an idea we take directly from the book Remember Me, and we'll see it play out in the final moments of Alonka's Finals Tale. In Pike's book, Sh- uh, Shari, a character there, is pursued by a dark entity called the Shadow. When it finally catches her, though, it turns out it's not a bad thing at all. The Shadow is themselves. It's the unknown. As it engulfs someone in the last moments of their life, it takes them to a place of understanding and catharsis, preparing them for the next step. This is what happened to Anya in Season 1, when the Shadow finally reached her. That's why she fantasized a life beyond Brightcliff, which ultimately ultimately led her to find acceptance for her death. It looks different for everybody, depending on their mindset, because it's simply an extension of themselves. The shadow is just the final catharsis, a return to our original form. It's a moment of true understanding, and once we experience it, we move on to the next place. We see the shadow in full effect when it finally comes for Kevin. Kevin dies with Alanka at his side, and it leads to the biggest reveal of the season who were the mirror man and the Cataract Woman. They were Stanley Oscar Freeland and his wife, who built Brightcliff. Fun trivia, he's named after the real life Freeland Oscar Stanley, who built my favorite hotel in America, the Stanley Hotel. Stanley is also the inspiration for The Shining. <laughs> but more than that, there's a reason that Alanka only sees Stanley in the mirror and sees the Cataract Woman whenever she looked at Kevin. This is something else we took from Pike's original book, but these aren't ghosts, simply glimpses of past lives. I knew it. Alonka Alonka was Stanley Oscar Freeland, and Kevin was his wife. They've lived many lives this way and are true soulmates. They always find each other, and they always fall in love. In this life, they knew it would be a short one, so they agreed to find each other in the house they built. They've been remembering who they are and glimpsing their former selves in reflections. And sometimes when they look at each other. This is also why Alonka's very first words to Kevin in season one were, Do I know you? And why Kevin thought she was familiar as well. They are two souls who always find each other again and again. The story is this. Stanley was dying and built his cliffside home, hoping the seaside air would help him. Air. Air. Yeah. <laughs> the seaside air would help him. It did, and he far outlived his prognosis, This is also true of the real, Freeland Stanley. However, his wife began to succumb to dementia. She would wander the halls, looking for him. Darling! And would even forget to feed herself. I'm starving. And she eventually refused to leave the basement. Heartbroken for her, Stanley painted the walls to resemble the woodland view and the ceiling to resemble the night sky, so it would be a little more beautiful for her. He also painted a labyrinth on the floor, which was a technique used to try to curb the effects of dementia. She'd walk the pattern of the maze, and it was believed it could help her cognition. Eventually, she developed frightening cataracts, but Stanley loved her through it all. They were soulmates. So while they seemed scary in Season 1, that was just how Alonka and Kevin's mind were trying to remember their pasts. We even had their faces distorting in ways consistent with how memories degrade over time. So when the shadow comes for Alanka and gives her this understanding, this remembering, she realizes she has nothing to fear. She and Kevin will shed these personas and be reborn and have the joy of finding each other another way. The shadow comes for her, death takes her gently, and Alanka goes off with Kevin back into the cosmos, ready for their next incarnation. The series would end with Cherie telling this story to a whole new table of patients, including our new series leads. Most of our original cast now would exist as stories, a story told by the next class of storytellers at the table, all of whom whom we will have met by the end of the season, a story called The Midnight Club. Well, that's it. That's what we had in mind. It's a shame we won't get to make it, but it would be a better shame if you guys simply had to live with the unanswered questions and the cliffhanger ending. I loved making this show, and I'm so proud of the cast and crew, particularly our cast, who attack this story with incredible spirit and bravery each and every day. But for now, we'll put the fire out, leave the library dark and quiet. To those before, to those after, to us now, and to those beyond. Seen or unseen, here but not here, I'll always be grateful that I got to be a part of this club. Wow.
1: And that's it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, that was going to be season two. And yeah. I'm so sad that we didn't get that, especially <laughs> I know, now, more of Robert Longstreet. It, I'm like,
0: yeah, I would have loved to see some of those things come to play on screen, especially, yeah, to get that reveal of Robert Longstreet being death, but not as a scary figure, but as a comforting figure there to help lead you and guide you with words of wisdom into the next step of being. I think that's. Incredibly beautiful and such a wonderful. I for him. know
1: it's absolutely perfect, and it makes so much sense because I, I don't think I went so far as to to think that he was deaf, but I'm like, something about him is a little off. Like it just seems so right, right. random that he's in this room and no one else is mentioning him or or anything else, and we don't see him anywhere else you know uh, around the hospice at all as far as the staff which we didn't see a whole lot of staff we mostly saw mark and dr stanton but you would sometimes see some nurses uh in the background i think when sandra was leaving you could see a couple of the staff up on the porch and things you just never saw him so i knew there was something just not right about him but i did not make that connection at all (laughs) and i'm so bummed that we didn't get that because i think he's so wonderful and it makes perfect sense because he was so comforting the, the few times yes, that we got was. him.
0: That's all we had to say about him the times that he did show up was just how like warm and like comfortable he made you feel, even when talking about yes. that. You know? So so,
1: <laughs> so I don't know. I'm really bummed we're not gonna get that. It's it's a shame that they made that decision. I, I feel like there's been so many shows that Netflix has decided to just cancel and leave everyone yeah. kind of hanging. And again, I don't know what their motivations were. I don't know if it was because of the deal Mike Flanagan made with Amazon to move on, because just the, the timing of this cancellation when they announced it was right after that announcement. So I don't know if that had anything to do with it or not. But it was just it's sad that we're not gonna get to see the rest of that. Um but right. I'm can
0: we get like something like that for other Netflix shows? Like maybe people yes. take know whoever the the creators of Santa Clarita Diet, you know.
1: Maybe, yeah, can we
0: maybe go ahead and lay that out? If that's not going to happen, then I'd like to know because that was another cliffhanger ending that I will forever live. Mad oh my about. gosh, you and
1: my daughter um, both. <laughs> I don't. My, my daughter was ready to like go knocking on someone's door, and yeah, yeah. Like she was choosing violence when <laughs> they had decided not to pick that up. She is definitely yeah. not over that still. So. Yeah, that what a wonderful thing that if we couldn't actually see these things come to life and see it play out on the screen. Thank you, Mike Flanagan, for giving us the answers. How how were our yeah. characters' stories going to end, and and what were those answers to those lingering questions? Um, he's a solid dude. Yes. Damn! Got robbed.
0: We stand, Mike Flanagan here.
1: Yeah, that's no secret because uh, we're—I mm-hmm. <laughs> mean, <laughs> no secret at all. We've <laughs> and so we we talked about. I, I guess I'll kind of throw in just a little bit of news with that. So we talked about Mike Flanagan, uh, his deal with Amazon, and speculated could this have something to do with his want to adapt the Dark Tower series. And he funnily enough, after we had recorded and talked about the news and that announcement came out, he put out another TikTok and actually said, mm-hmm. He does have the rights to the Dark Tower. He does. It's yeah. not I thought it was Amazon. <laughs> Maybe Amazon had it and he got them from Amazon. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know all the ins and outs, but he he did announce he's like, I've got the rights. I'm I'm going to do it. And I just, all the feels, dude, um, getting yeah. getting to hear that. I'm stoked.
0: I, I think it's going to happen. I really do. Um, I mean, it sounds like he's I already mean, got kind of the call. It sounds of, like
1: he's already got something like written in his head. Like he's got a pilot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's still kind of the call of like the studio of Amazon if they want to go through with it. But like, why wouldn't they? <laughs> I, right?
1: I don't know why why they wouldn't. It it looks like they're willing to throw money at something that they yeah. have a, a belief in, and if they're gonna put their faith in Mike Flanagan, let the man do it. And yeah, because
0: it seems like he's got a good outline. I think he set you know, like he did say, yeah, he's pretty much got a pilot completely written in his brain. Yeah, uh, and then like I think he's got kind of a plan of like a five season kind of way of telling the story. I feel so. like that's
1: the only way that you can do. <sighs> that material right and i i have faith in mike Flanagan. i if anyone i think can do it i think he can so i know yeah. how much he loves stephen king i know how much he loves that material and that that series so and I, we're
0: i mean in my opinion anytime he's touched a stephen king work he's done immaculate with it so i'm like yeah go for I'll it i'll
1: never get over dr sleep he god he just yeah, so, so good. good i know there's a lot of differing opinions about it but he just for me it's one of my favorites It's so, so good. Yeah. <laughs> in gerald's game wow
0: it's so good i probably will never watch it again i don't know if i can put myself I don't through that I but
1: either but so good
0: but he he did an incredible job with it it to, to give me that kind of reaction of being like
1: it's too well, good. Well, I think it's so appropriate <laughs> to have something like that. If 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 someone who's so passionate about a project like that, they're like the perfect person to do it. Like he's uber talented, mm-hmm. you know, writer and director, and with his camera work and his vision, um, and he's obviously very passionate about it. I feel like it's safe in his hands. So and yeah. i'm i'm confident in saying i'm going to do whatever i need to do to clear our schedules so when it does happen oh, yeah. we're covering it so
0: oh yeah if if a dark tower series helmed by mike flanagan happens you're hearing it right now <laughs> we will be covering it on strange yeah. indeed don't have to ask us or worry about it. It'll be. It's, it's
1: going to be here, and I'm and I have a feeling we're going to have a nice round table of our friends to join us. I know we've got a lot of Dark yeah. Tower fans in our uh-huh. our group, and I can't wait to 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 get that. I can't wait to talk about it with you and all of our friends. It's going to be great times. I'm I'm thrilled and can't wait for him to do this and. You know, this might be uh, the end of Midnight Club, but we do have the House of Usher that's going to be coming up too. Yes, yeah. I don't have a release date for that yeah. yet, but it's coming. So we're going to have that too. Um, it's not the end of Flanagan and Netflix just yet. So we still have that to to look forward to. One more, um, and we're. Going to cover that here too. You know that's again. I don't feel like we even have to say that, but in case anyone needs to hear it, (laughs) we'll be doing that as well. So, so is it a
0: Flanagan series? We're covering it. Yeah, (laughs) other
1: things are going to be put to the side. Uh, We'll we'll cover it. So, well, that that was a great wrap. I think on the first season i'm glad we got some answers there for season two we've got a lot of things to look forward to in the future again none of this nothing of course is beneficially announced i know we're just rolling with it like it's you know set in stone here we don't know shit i don't know anything about nothing is beneficial i just know he has the the want to do it (laughs) we'll actually see what happens um hopefully amazon's like yeah here's some money make it go with it um all right. Let's move on to listener feedback. Um, do you want to take that first one?
0: Sure. This first one comes from Don Elizabeth. says, I believe in not saying anything. If you have nothing nice to say, therefore, I'll keep this <laughs> short. I did not like this episode. I watched it last week and didn't write enough in my notes to really explain why. There are a few things I enjoyed, but overall, something about it just didn't do it for me. I'm glad I watched it, but I'm not all that upset that Netflix canceled it. I do want to say that I keep forgetting to give Daphne a shout out for filling us in what's in the books. Thank you. I've really enjoyed that, and I've enjoyed Jade's enthusiasm throughout, and I was glad to be introduced to Ruth Cott. I think she's terrific, and I'll be looking for her in future shows. Thanks to you uh, and Pake, Rima, for doing another excellent podcast. Look forward to what's next.
1: Thank you, Dawn. I'm sorry that this episode didn't land for you. I'm curious if yeah. knowing if you listened or read about season two uh, and what Mike Flanagan had to say, if that changed your mind a little bit. Um, and, yeah, I'll be curious. And maybe too. not. And that's okay. But thank you for writing in and, um, you know, always being yeah. along um, along with us. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, speaking of Daphne. Um, And and the shout out that you gave her, we did get an email from Daphne this week. She says, hi, Rima and Paik. Ah, so sad it's over. with the end of the Flanagan era at Netflix, it took a potential season two away from us. I think I mentioned before that the book isn't so much a horror as it is a somewhat somber story of hospice kids coming to terms with their lives ending while they are still young adults. It has more of a mystical tone. There were a few hints at the book through the final parts of Alanka's story, which, specifically the mention of alternate dimension and the afterlife. Much of Alonka's character in the book revolves around reincarnation and past lives. In fact, past lives are a running theme throughout it. Alonka dreams nightly about the master, who she connects with in each life as her eternal companion. Her dreams are of these past lives. She determines that Kevin is the current version of the master and thus they are destined to be together as lost soulmates. Alonka and Kevin's romance is more developed in the book. Alonka and Kevin sleep together, but he passes away the next day and she's left to deal with her grief. In addition, Spencer and Alonka both died by the end of the book. An epilogue explains Kevin and Alonka moving into the afterlife together. Overall, I think we are left with a million questions with no hope of a season two and with the setup created Stanton hourglass Two hourglass tattoo, etc I'm at a loss. I care about the characters and I'm disappointed. We won't get to see what comes next with the paragons, the five sisters and the Julia Jane story, not being in the novel at all. There's no way to reconcile it. Alas, it's time to move on. Thanks for your great, great coverage of the show. It's been fun. Daphne. Thank you, Daphne. Thank you you again so much for all of your insight into the books. It really has kind of helped give a little of that extra something um, in context that neither of us had because I hadn't read the books. Although I swear I probably picked up a Christopher Pike book somewhere in my youth way back in the day. (laughs) But You know, when you go through books so fast, you don't remember them all. At least I don't, because my memory sucks. Right.
0: There's so many books that I read when I was, you know, middle school, junior high age that were kind of like these kind of darker mystery YA horror stories that, like, I just had these small little inklings of, like, remembering them, and I've tried and tried, and there's no way I can find what the book was or the author or whatever, and it drives me crazy because I'm like... Oh, well, there was a story about this thing. And it was so creepy. I remember as a kid being like, ah, and like, I'll never find yeah, it again. <laughs> it's
1: gone. It's just gone. I know. I used to read so much as a kid that I, I couldn't tell you everything that I picked up. And I would just, mm-hmm. I was a voracious reader in the day, um, practically lived at my library growing up because it was right across the street from me. That's <laughs> where I spent a lot of my time. But that it was great to get that additional context. Really appreciate um, your efforts there, Daphne. We did get a voice message this week from Jade. I can't wait to see what she thinks about this episode. So here we go.
2: Oh my gosh, guys. It's over. And boy, do I have thoughts. So I'm gonna jump right in. I'm gonna talk fast and try to keep this as short as possible. Not an easy task. First of all, the things that I loved the most were the things that were the most emotional. Dude, between this and dead to me, my tissue bill is high this month. Natsuki and Amesh just undid me completely. Sandra saying goodbye to everyone. Oh, I just, I love these kids. I was a mess loved the sign from Anya that she fixed the ballerina leg, and Ilanka reading that Merritt Malloy poem. One of the most beautiful things ever written. And surprisingly, my favorite thing of all was Kevin's ending of Dusty's story. This was another home run from Mike Flanagan. Bravo, you done it again. I love the way that he shows how learned behavior gets passed down through the generations. And so Dusty's family is like this lineage of killers. It makes the whole thing make sense. And I love that Kevin slash Dusty like took responsibility for his actions by saying that he knew what he was doing. And I would not have been happy if he had just blamed his destructive behavior on his mother and grandfather. Although it is an excuse to some extent. And I'm going to preface my last thought by saying that generational trauma is a thing, and learned abusive behavior cannot always be entirely squarely put on one abuser's shoulders, because hurt people hurt people, and behind every abuser, there's an even bigger abuser to be held accountable, and it truly is a vicious cycle. Now, in Kevin and Dusty's case, no, I don't think that they should simply punish themselves until the day they die. However, I did kind of roll my eyes at Alonka and Kevin's last moment when she was telling him not to be so hard on Dusty. I'm just kind of like over Kevin and his emo boy attitude. I, I get that he's trying to own his shit, but he's always doing it in such like a woe is me, self-pitying, pathetic way. It's just it was hard for me in the 11th hour to have any sympathy for him. Maybe I'm just a cold bitch, but that's my harsh take. I, I think that we were supposed to feel happy for Kevin and Alonka when he said dying is a really shitty reason not to live and then he kisses her but because I like these characters so little I, like out of everyone I was just kind of like yuck hashtag justice for Catherine okay too <laughs> soon I just really couldn't get behind these two like incredibly selfish characters telling the other one that their behavior is completely justified just because they're themselves and that means they're always right I'm like god man you guys are bad for each other <laughs> and now the Amani witch story she learns that she can't change the future or the past and she accepts her fate and owns her mistakes, Okay, good. But the scene with Amani and her mother, for me, was way too overly sentimental. It was just laid on real thick. And I, I always love me some Ruth Cod. I do. But we didn't need to bring her back because Anya's ending was perfect. I just thought it was unnecessary. And I don't know. I just didn't really believe that this girl would like give her life for her friend for some reason. It just felt really forced and convenient. They just didn't need to tie everything up in such a neat bow. But this is what happens with Mike Flanagan. He gets very sentimental and kind of hallmarky in his endings he just never sticks it for me because it's a bit too saccharine I did really like that everyone stepped in to help her finish the story. That shit is what I'm here for. Cherie stepped up first, and I'm kind of still bummed that we never got a full story from her. I don't get why her character was just underwritten, but everyone left their trinkets, and everyone showed up, including Becky and Sandra's character, even though Becky died. It was like a whole thing. It felt a little cheesy, yeah, and like they had to kind of wrap everything up quickly, but I don't know. Even though there were some general platitudes, like dreams are always the window to the soul, there to show you the alternate dimension of heaven and the afterlife and your loved ones. It was a little blah, but like I don't know. I loved it so much because I love these characters, so I had to say goodbye to them and I I enjoyed it. I really love Mike Flanagan's take on the afterlife, shown to perfection in Midnight Mass. Um, This was kind of a watered-down retread of that, that we are like never-ending balls of energy and we just go on eternally in whatever form you choose to believe in. It's beautiful and I love it. Now, I really don't think we're going to get a season two as painful as it is to say. I'm not really seeing it after reading All the interviews. And so the things that I'm annoyed with are really the Kevin and Ilanka ending. That picture on the wall is all we get. Okay, the ghosts are definitely Stanley Oscar Freeland and his wife, Vera. The one clue that helped me figure out that Kevin and Ilanka are these people reincarnated was when Julia talked about the Pythagoras teachings. They deal heavily with reincarnation. And then I paused the episode and I thought, oh, of course, Ilanka is the man in the mirror. So Kevin must be the old woman. And they're like soulmates who know each other from past lives and they're probably like stuck in this reincarnation rut. Things like The Years Eater, though, pissed me off because it didn't play fairly with us. It led us down the wrong path simply for the purpose of leading us down the wrong path. And then it never talked about it again. It's just really unrealistic to me that Kevin and Alanka wouldn't talk to each other about the way they see the old man and woman. I've heard that in the book, Kevin says that he sees the old woman in the mirror. I know that at the time of filming, Flanagan thought he would get a season two, so he had to have cliffhangers, but come on, at least give us confirmation that they are Stanley and Vera reincarnated. To build it up so much over 10 episodes and then just leave us with absolutely nothing except a huge red herring like the years eater? It just seems rude, (laughs) but we were right in thinking that they are not scary or nefarious, these ghosts, but they're just like helpless, lost, trapped versions of themselves. And we all guessed it that Stanton is Athena, but it annoys me that she's too young. Athena would be 70. Heather Langenkamp is just not 70. I don't know why they didn't just change the timeline to make this work or throw on some of that old age makeup that Mike Flanagan loves so much. It's just always going to bug me. And everyone who knows me knows that I've been annoyed at the Shasta of it all since the very beginning. And the fact that we get no answers about her in the end, she just escapes and that's it. Nothing's been said about whether or not season two would have included more Julia Jane. From what I can tell, I was right that there's nothing supernatural going on aside from Kevin and Alonka's reincarnation visions. So I don't think the Paragon rituals did anything. It seems Julia's case was just a misdiagnosis like Sandra. Clearly, if the ritual worked, then she wouldn't have gotten sick again, right? But we'll never know because Mike Flanagan doesn't talk about Julia Jane in any of his interviews. So that's annoying. And it's like, ah, you can answer some questions, dude. Like, we will never know who put don't in the basement boo. Another thing that I seriously questioned was if Stanton has arrested Julia Jane three times over the years for trespassing and breaking and entering and harassment, she, and she said she wasn't surprised to see Julia down there, why not guard the basement better? But I did like the scene with Stanton and Alonka in the office when Stanton said that the ideas the paragon espoused make you desperate and they're like a cancer themselves i question though why when alonka decides she's going to leave stanton says that's entirely up to you and i'm like why are you not kicking her out at this point you said you were ready to kick her out before by now i feel like kick this girl out of here look at what she's done she is a major liability i did read that the initials carved in the tree were supposed to be stanton's because her maiden name was georgina ballard so the gb was her not her mother regina that was something i feel like i should have caught And we totally called that the janitor was not a real person. Go us. He was death personified. Very cool, like, death angel thing. I loved that. And Rima Joe, yes, you called that the house in the Midnight Club is the same house they used to film Lock and Key. You go, girl. I'm really excited to hear what Daphne has to say about book facts because I think this could answer a lot of questions. And now I just really want to read the Midnight Club books just for my own personal closure. And at the end of the day, I think most people will be disappointed that the story kind of lacked spookiness or horror. But if I could say one thing to Mike Flanagan, it would be that you write emotionally relatable characters. You portray humanity so well. I want to challenge you to write a show or a film completely without any horror or fantasy elements, just focused on grounded characters in reality, like a darkly dramatic comedy. I think it would probably be very successful. Well, all I have left to say is thank you guys so much for having me on the podcast this season. I have truly enjoyed every moment of listening to you break down all of the episodes. I can't wait to hear what you have to say about the finale. And I can't wait to listen along to the next show, whatever it is. So until then, I will talk to you later. Bye. So good.
1: Thank you, Jade. Yeah. Never disappoints. No, no, no. (laughs) Really great thoughts.
0: Oh, it's a lot of great yeah, thoughts. Yep.
1: a lot of great thoughts as always. Um, yeah, I'm glad to know I was right about Keyhouse.
0: <laughs>
1: that that was my takeaway. I was glad to know I was right. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's, that's cool. what's important. Um, thank you, Jade, so much. We enjoyed having you uh, here on the podcast with us. Brought a lot of great insight and enthusiasm. And that's appreciated. And thank you to all of our listeners, you know, for taking the time to write in. Um, I know it was a little bumpy at some parts and some folks didn't, you know, love the episodes as much, but I, I did enjoy it. Um, but I don't know that Jade's gonna get her wish for Mike Flanagan's next work. I really want him to focus on Dark Tower. <laughs> <We're> gonna-
0: <laughs> Where he needs to put his effort
1: uh, yeah <laughs> that's where i need him to put his focus um all right so what are we doing next um next week and not even really next week we're not having a next week um i think next up for us i think it looks like we're going to be taking a trip to new orleans and Probably covering the upcoming series, The Mayfair Witches, which is based on the series of books by Anne Rice. I put up some posts on our social media because I know I've talked about it, you know, um, when it was Mm -hmm. announced that I really wanted to cover this. And, you know, they did interview with the vampire that wrapped um, several weeks ago, which turned out to be fantastic. I will be the first to tell you I had serious doubts uh, about anyone being able to adapt to my satisfaction anyway. Like like my opinion is the one that matters, not everyone else's too. But um, you know, I had my doubts that someone was going to be able to successfully adapt that series of books by Anne Rice. And you know what? They did a fantastic freaking job. It was absolutely amazing. And I'm going to be the first to say that I do have my doubts about this show. All I've seen are just a couple of trailers. I am worried. I'm very close to this series of books, um, probably more so than Interview with the Vampire. So I'm worried. Um, but I think I'm going to, think we're going to give it a shot <laughs> anyway, because um, I feel like I'm, uh, I just, I feel like I just have to, and I'm going to cross my fingers and hope that it's, it's good. And I'm dragging Peek along with me, y'all. Um, <laughs> I <can't. laughs> yeah,
0: I know, I know nothing about it, but I'm like, you know, I'm always down for, for something new and something interesting.
1: Well, so, I can promise yeah. you this, if, if, if they, we'll see how much they keep of the story. Um, but it's, it's interesting. Let me tell you without any spoilers, <laughs> I'll give a description for anyone that's not. Familiar or uh, with the series, or hasn't read read it. Uh, this is the official description from AMC. It says the series will focus on an intuitive young neurosurgeon who discovers that she is the unlikely heir to a family of witches. As she grapples with her newfound powers, she must contend with a sinister presence that has haunted her family for generations. Um. So that's that's it in a nutshell. I, I'm curious to see how they're gonna handle some things. I hope it's it's really good. And I want to thank everyone that responded to my post uh, because I really wanted to kind of get the input from you guys. if you were if if one you're either into the series, are you going to be watching the show? Do you care that we cover it? Would you be interested? And I had an overwhelming response of positivity from all of you that responded. And I want to say thank you um, because it means a lot. As passionate as what I get about certain projects and certain things, I do value your input. So thank you to everyone. There were some some responses that were like, you know what? I'm not familiar with the series. I know nothing about it, but if you guys cover it, I'm in. And this, yes. isn't is that beautiful? That. <laughs> I was like, damn, you guys. Uh, Just to hear that. Thank you. Thank you all so much for your overwhelming response and your positivity. Uh, That meant a lot. So I I think that's probably what we're going to do next. Now, the series does not premiere until January the 8th. So that's going to give us a little bit of a break between now and then. And I think deservedly so. Get our holiday
0: season (laughs) out Yeah, I think deservedly (laughs) so. We're getting
1: really close to the holidays. And I think it's good to kind of step back and have a little bit of a break because... I know I'm going to be really busy starting at the friendly friendly. If we cover Mayfair, mm-hmm. which is January eighth, I'm also going to be, um, not full time. I think I've got five episodes that I'm going to be joining. Uh, some others in our group. We're going to be covering. If you haven't heard the announcement on Podcastica, the Last of Us. We're covering the Last of a yeah. series from HBO. I'm so excited! Oh my God. Um. Mm.
0: Those games are incredible, and I can't wait to see what they do on They're screen. They're absolutely really.
1: incredible. And just from the little teasers that I've seen, I I think mm-hmm. it's going to be great. I really think it's going to be great. There's some really great minds behind that series, um, with one of them being the video game creator himself. So, I mean, yeah. that's that's a, a, a huge thing. So, I'm going to be involved in that as well, along with... Um, covering mayfair witches so gonna be gonna be pretty busy so i think a couple of weeks break will do me some good because i've definitely got some refreshing to do i'm gonna try to reread the series three books in like a couple of weeks <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a it's quite an undertaking we'll see say so pedro pascal is gonna be having a <clears throat> i'm not really busy he's already filmed everything so it's not like he's doing it then that's out of the way but uh Quite a popular January, isn't he? Because mm-hmm. I think Mandalorian comes back in January as well. So, yeah, talk about Pascal is going to be in people's ears and eyes a lot of that. Month. Uh, he's out there. I'm not mad about that at all.
1: I'll, right. I'll take Pedro Pascal any time of the day. He is a wonderful human being. So yes. yeah, I think he's going to be great as Joel in. The Last of Us. So mm-hmm. anyway, that was a little long-winded. I apologize. Just wanted to kind of give everyone a heads up. If you don't see us in your feed for the next couple of weeks, I think that's where we're going to go um, as far as what we're going to cover next and when you can expect us to come back and, and, you know, maybe go pick up the book yourself, you know, and uh, like I said, it's a series, but you can pick up that first one and uh, maybe maybe join in. And the fun. Mm-hmm. And thanks again for that overwhelming response. I I love you guys.
0: Yeah. And if you'd like to write it, leave us a message, any kind of feedback for what we've covered, what we will cover, ideas, anything. You can find any and all of our contact information over at podcastica.com.
1: And while you're there, be sure to check out our other shows. Mm-hmm. A lot of great content.
0: Yes, a lot of uh, really good, uh, yeah, shows going on right now. Um, in fact, so I don't know because this will be up very soon. So before before the official announcement, so I'm being sneaky about it. But if you listen to uh, Walking Dead cast on Friday, yay, you might get an announcement of a new podcastica podcast joining Mm. the ranks. So I wonder.
1: Hmm. The mystery. (laughs) (laughs)
0: But yeah, while you're out there in podcastica world, make sure you're leaving reviews for Strange Indeed and all the other great podcastica shows over on Apple Podcasts and anywhere you listen. Downloads, uh, follows, subscribe, whatever you do on whatever platform you're listening on. They all have different things. Go check it out.
1: (laughs) Yeah, go out and show everyone a little bit of love. Um, And speaking of great podcasts, make sure that you check out Paik and Daphne at their podcast called Run For Your Lives. Got anything you want to tease mm-hmm. this week?
0: Yeah, um, kind of just teased it, but we're going to see. <laughs> Basically, you're getting to know what, what I'm talking about without me actually saying the words because you got to wait till Friday. But yes, on Friday, you also go check out Run For Your Lives. Uh, we are covering, it's our Christmas special this week we are covering the Scottish zombie Christmas musical Anna and the Apocalypse. Awesome. It is ridiculous in all the best ways. Uh, it's a lot of fun. And yes, we will be uh doing a special and not only is it special as a holiday special, but it is a special crossover episode with Jason and Lucy of the Walking Dead cast. So the two of them and me and Daphne, all four of us, getting together to talk about that movie. Yay. Like I said maybe some other uh announcements. Who knows? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Everybody but needs yeah. to go check it out when that when that comes out.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. So it'll be a lot of fun. Definitely go check that one out for sure. Whether you're listening to Deadcast or Run for Your Lives, it's a great fun Christmas zombie movie.
1: <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah.
0: Anyway, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody.
1: Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Vic, And Daniel Tucker is strange indeed.